0: Dennis Sarfate making his first appearance.
1: What will you do to defend the rights to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness? Welcome to the Green Dragon Tavern, where we talk a little treason. I'm Zach Lautenschlager.
2: And I'm Nathan Barnes, the show producer, filling in for Dennis Sarfate.
1: Two young men uh, arrested in Wisconsin. Uh, The video has gone viral of uh, Marcus Schroeder, or Schrader, as he says it. Um, reading the Bible from the sidewalk. The police walk up, jerk the mic out of his hand, and uh, arrest him, uh, ostensibly for noise violation. I think that's particularly uh, choice because he's reading fairly quietly. It is not noisy. He is using amplification. It's a tiny little um, portable speaker sitting on the sidewalk. Um, And it is remarkably quieter than the noise coming from uh, the drag queen event uh, that they are at. Um, And so in Wisconsin, if you look at the law, it's illegal for an adult to um, behave in that manner in front of children. These guys are up there doing strip teases and accepting dollar bills from children. That is not, not only is it not right, Uh, I don't believe it's legal in Wisconsin, of course. Uh, So you have selective enforcement, um, which is infuriating. It's quite Mm -hmm. frankly infuriating. Um, But uh, Marcus has joined us today on the show. Uh, Marcus, thank you for taking time.
0: Thank you for having me.
1: So uh, what were you doing at a Drag Queen event, Marcus?
0: We were there. we, We go to quite a few of them, actually, our group does. And and we go out there to preach the gospel, to hold signs, mm-hmm. have a public witness against uh, the evil that they're doing to the children and things like that. Um, we'll engage in conversations with um, passerbys and and you know any individual that wants to talk with us, and um, we'll pass out tracts and things like that. So that's when we were there.
1: I have actually had the opportunity to uh, be with uh, you guys. I don't think you were there. uh, It was a couple years ago, but with um, some of the other people from your church and with Pastor Storms and his family, and I really appreciate the way you Mm -hmm. guys approach it. It's very calm, very quiet, rational, reasonable. Um, There's a lot of good conversation, and uh, there's a lot of of back and forth. Uh, Sometimes people get excited. You definitely see the... Uh, pro-homosexual side yelling and screaming. It's uh, something I know you guys have seen a lot of. Um, but every time I have seen anything from you guys, uh, it's been very straightforward and very very good, uh, kind, mm-hmm. loving. Um, and I was a little bit shocked to see the, <laughs> the attitude that the police officers uh, showed toward you.
0: I was shocked as well. I was definitely not expecting to be arrested. So, no, so Marcus,
2: no- tell us. A little bit about uh you know what led up to this event um i understand you guys had been there for a little while uh at the time that that the arrest happened and uh you know i'd been preaching for for quite some time So, just kind of walk us through what happened that day leading up to the uh the time of the arrest
0: yeah so we went there it was, the event was from 10 a.m to 6 p.m we were there i think we got a few of our people got there like nine thirty for people coming into the the event and so we were there just you know doing what i described before having those conversations passing on tracks things like that um we already had quite a few um scuffles with a few of the police officers and the reason why so they had i think about 70 percent of the police force there that day and it's wow it was so they had qu- quite a few police officers and most of them you know were there just to do their job they some of them were trying to be like we're trying not to be opinionated about this and just wanting to keep the peace but there was a handful that we had some scuffles with not because of us but because they were very clearly um targeting our group they were hostile to us very clearly had personal bias i even talked to them some of them as i was being arrested and you know some of that came through um so yeah they i think the officer who grabbed the mic from my hand earlier that day had shoved into one of our guys on the street, who was just standing there with a the sign and whatnot, and um, and then there was a time where he actually told another one of our guys um, to his face that he was going to treat our group more harshly than he was going to treat the drag queen um, attendees, and the reason why he said his, his excuse for that was essentially because uh, they had a permit for the park. Now, we were outside their permitted area at that time, you know, we were outside the fence on the public sidewalk. And so, you know, there is no reason for him to treat us any differently than he treated them. But, you know, that's what he said he was going to do. And he, mm-hmm. he was honest. He acted in accordance with that. Um, but, yeah, so some of us, we did go into the fenced-in area. It was a public event, so we were allowed to do so. Um, we had conversations with people in there. Some of us were just getting on recording what the drag queens were doing. So, I mean, some people find this hard to believe that this is even going on. And so um, mm-hmm. it's going to have video footage. This is what's going on in your city, in your town, things like that. Um, so so we were doing that kind of thing that sort of thing that day and then earlier in the day if, if you watch the video the one that has um received a lot of traction of me being arrested the there's a time where the officer's like this is the same speaker as before and some people have thought like well maybe that means that they had received warnings beforehand or something like that that's not the case hmm. um the reason why he mentioned that is earlier that day we had the speaker, one of our guys was walking with the speaker, didn't have it on or anything like that, but he was just walking around with the speaker inside, inside their fenced in area. And so one of the officers came up to him and said, Hey, look, they have a permit for this area. You can't have the speaker in here. You have to take it outside the fence. And so he did so. And, and then later, several hours later is when I brought out the speaker and I started reading from the Bible on the public sidewalk outside of their fence. So outside of the mm-hmm. fence area, outside of the... So that was the only thing that had been mentioned before from the officers about the speaker. And then that went up in the video. That was the first time that any of us had used amplification that day of any sort. Mm-hmm. And so I was on the public sidewalk outside the fence. First time using it, there was no warning given. And so as soon as I started, um, I turned on the speaker, I started reading from the Bible. As soon as that happened, all these officers start surrounding me. In fact, the, the video... That that, the very beginning of the video was the beginning of me starting to preach. So that was the amount of time in that video of how long it took before the officers arrested me. So literally the moment I start preaching, they all surround me. One of them comes up. They don't say anything to me. Don't give me any instructions. Hey, look, you can't have that here. Turn that off. Turn it down. Nothing like that. He just comes up, starts ripping the microphone out of my hand. And then a few moments later, an officer from behind uh, grabs my arm and handcuffs me. and, And then they take me away and and detained me for about an hour or two. And then they, they eventually, so they took me to the police station. Um, they got my mugshot, my information, things like that. And then they they gave me two citations. Um, one was for amplification without a permit. Uh, the second one was for resisting arrest, uh, which if, if you watch the video, uh, I, I asked the officer who handcuffed me, uh, resisting arrest, how, how I did that. And he said that my muscles tensed up. Um, which, of course, if you, if you, if you see the <laughs> video, he grabs my arm from behind and starts from putting behind. it in an uncomfortable right. position. My, I didn't know who it was at first. I figured it was an officer, um, but, you know, I, I didn't realize they were going to arrest me. And so it, it took me a couple of moments before, oh, I'm under arrest. The, the moment I realized that they were handcuffing me, there was no resistance. I didn't pull away. I didn't go limp. Nothing like that. Um, it's but, all on yeah,
1: video. Apparently,
0: yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> Unfortunate <laughs> for them. <laughs> Apparently, my uh, my muscles tensed up, and so that was resisting arrest. Um, uh,
1: Arrested for muscle reflex. Yes. Yeah.
2: Arrested for resisting arrest.
1: Well, that happens. Shocking. Uh, yeah, it does. <laughs> that's why that's why <laughs> I get labeled a, a, a libertarian frequently. I have some libertarian leanings, but I always question the arrest for exi- resisting arrest.
2: Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs>
1: Uh, Marcus, do you know,
2: were were any of the uh, officers wearing body cams?
0: I I believe so. I I think it's law now that they all have to. If I'm correct Mm -hmm. about that, I'm not sure.
1: Interesting. Well, it is really interesting to see that when the video starts, and you can watch the video at Mm -hmm. republicsentinel.com, when the video starts, Um, you have a young man looking down, holding a microphone, it was Marcus and reading a Bible verse. You're not even preaching yet. These are not your words. You are simply reading the Bible aloud on a public Mm -hmm. sidewalk, very obviously outside a fence. You're standing in front of the fence. It is in the frame and, uh, public property. Yeah. Very obviously the public sidewalk and you have a mob of officers walking through and then pushing past the cameraman and starting Mm -hmm. to grab the equipment and do things. And, um, that's, it it is shocking. It's shocking to see that attitude in the United States of America. And, uh, it should Mm -hmm. be, it should be horrifying. Um, this is not the Westboro Baptist. This is not some kind Mm -hmm. of confrontation. This is someone reading the Bible on a public sidewalk. It is outside a, uh, drag queen event. But the interesting thing to me is you weren't reading from the multitudinous passages one could read from uh, condemning that kind of activity. That mm-hmm. that You weren't even reading those verses yet. Um, you were simply reading uh, a passage, if I'm recalling correctly, about love. Um, do I have that right, Marcus?
0: Yes. Yes. Yeah.
1: So it apparently yeah. it's not okay to read a biblical passage about love Outside an event that proclaims love is love, there's that's that's the problem. The the irony is rich right there. And then you've got the governor of <laughs> of your state, which I I, I live in Utah. Um, I don't like our governor either, um, so I feel your pain. Ours is a Republican and acts like a Democrat. Mm-hmm. Um, yours is at least honest, honest enough to run from the correct party, but. He tweeted uh, after the event, LGBTQ Wisconsinites deserve to be treated with dignity, decency, kindness, and respect, just like every other Wisconsinite, and they deserve to be safe, being who they are without fear or threat of shame, harassment, intimidation, or violence. I will continue to support and protect them. I fail to see the connection. Um, tell me, there, I know there were some other people there, and there were some unsavory characters there who claimed to be some some version of Nazi, um, Were they, did any of them get arrested?
0: No, none.
1: Yeah, I didn't see that either. And I've done some fairly deep digging to find out, did anyone else get arrested that wasn't part of the Mercy Seat uh, church? I can't find anybody. Right. Can you confirm that?
0: Yes, yes, that's correct.
1: So you have a group of people who, um, you know, in America, if you want to claim to be Uh, Homosexual, that's not illegal. Um, In Wisconsin, it is illegal to sexually harass or sexually make sexual advancements towards children in public, as it is in private as well. But it is specifically, what they were doing specifically does cross the line. Um, Interestingly enough, that's not the focal point. And that's not even what we're talking about. We're just talking about they should be free to be who they are. That's what Governor Evers says.
2: And, and Zach, to be clear, here's the actual statute from uh, Wisconsin State uh, um, Legal Code. This is uh, statute 948.055, causing a child to view or listen to a sexual activity. Whoever intentionally causes a child who has not attained 18 years of age, or an individual who the actor believes or has reason to believe has not attained 18 years of age, to view or listen to sexually explicit conduct may be penalized, as provided in subsection 2, if the viewing or listening is for the purpose of sexually arousing, or gratifying the actor, or humiliating or degrading the child or individual, <laughs> so I think it's pretty no, clear. It's not
1: gratifying the actor.
2: <laughs> I, I, I think it's pretty clear that a, a drag queen uh, strip show violates the state law.
1: Well, I would argue that it does. Um, there is certainly uh, there is certainly room for question there, um, and I don't think Marcus, there's room for question as to whether or not your amplification device was violating um, the code, the state code, or the city ordinance. I guess in that case it would have been city ordinance. Um, I'm, I'm just
0: wondering for the governor why I'm not free to be who I am.
1: <laughs> That's right. That's well, a very good question. Yes. Uh, well, you, you just don't have the right sexual orientation, Marcus. That's the problem. Um, you you would be yeah. rewarded if you would join their side. Isn't mm-hmm. that the message? Yes. Well, uh, thank you for your stand. Thank you for being willing to be arrested. Have you been arrested before?
0: No, that was my first time.
1: (laughs) And how old are you? I'm 19. Well, congratulations. I think uh, that based on the video, that is a badge of honor. Mm -hmm. And I am proud to have you on the show and proud to get to know you a little bit.
0: All right. Well, thank you. Thank you for having me.
1: Thanks for taking time. So ladies and gentlemen, um, if you are a white male, uh, you are at the bottom of the food chain, uh, you need to become a homosexual because then you'll be protected. That's the message. And don't tell me that that's not Mm -hmm. intentional from Governor Evers. I mean, what else? What else is there? Why else would we do this? Why else would we arrest you unless you want to um, make sexual advances towards children? And in that case, um, we'll give you a permit so you can do it in the park.
2: You know, Zach, what's crazy to me is in the the tweet that uh, Governor Evers sent out, um, you know, the, the official statement you read a few minutes ago, but uh, the subtext that he, he added uh, along yeah. with the statement was this. This weekend's Nazi presence at a Watertown LGBTQ pride event was a disgusting and direct attack on our state's LGBT community, communities of color, and Jewish Wisconsinites. This is unacceptable and unwelcome in Wisconsin, period. So what's surprising, though, is... It wasn't any of the nazis that were arrested um it was a young man who's simply reading scripture on public property uh outside of an event and the media obviously the governor all of the attention initially around this was simply about the nazi presence outside of this event um, they didn't address the the christians uh and in the few stories that I did see attempted to tie the Christians and Nazis together as if they were there uh, for the same purpose or uh, in in, right. in solidarity. Um, and, and that doesn't appear to be the case at all. In fact, um, you know, when we uh, we spoke uh, when we when we first broke this story, uh, we had reached out to Marcus uh, and to some of the others there and. Um, they made it clear that in fact, they were preaching and interacting with the Nazis and preaching the gospel to them and, and calling them to repentance as well. Exactly. Uh, so the fact that the media initially tried to, to make it look as if the Christians who, who were standing up against this event were somehow equal to or in, in, um, league, with. in league with the Nazis is just absolutely shameful.
1: <laughs> or shameless. <depending> well, <laughs> that's true. <laughs> Both. Both. Yes. And you know what I love about this whole thing? It's the way that the entire media narrative, the entire legacy media narrative, just isn't mm-hmm. working. People don't care. They're not interested. The the leftist uh, reporters and outlets that are focusing on this aren't getting. Mm-hmm the clicks they're not getting the attention the people that already agree with them okay fine it's another bias confirmation right confirming Mm -hmm. the bias of of the core let's call them your core cnn viewer right yep Um, but everyone else out there is looking at this going wait a minute that is not there's something wrong with this they there's a video of of uh, uh, this young man who is obviously not a nazi getting arrested what is going on, and, mm-hmm. and now it's gone viral, and it's too much fun to to watch people look at it and go, you know, that that's just not, that doesn't smell right. There is something yeah. wrong with this. There's something wrong with this.
2: Yeah, it was a lot of fun to be able to break this story, Um, you know, get that exclusive interview uh, when this first happened, uh, break the story. We've since published uh, an additional interview, uh, extensive interview with Marcus uh, and one of the other young men who were arrested, um, Nick Pruel Uh, and you can read both of those uh, articles in in
1: the full interview at republicsentinel.com. This week, not only do we have the Wisconsin um, events, uh, we also saw the death of Paul Rubens at 70, following a battle with cancer. Um, Paul is best known as the uh, man who invented or, or created Pee Wee Herman. Uh, from the 1980s. And as a child of the 80s, of course, that hits home a little bit. It is sad to see the uh, Mr. Herman's end of life. Um, he was a unique individual, for sure. Um, the reality is that he also created a character which normalized sexual perversion. See, when I was a kid, my folks wouldn't let me watch Pee-wee Herman. Um, they, from the beginning, of course, my folks were, were, um, uh, they were a little bit more insular than some. Um, so they probably wouldn't have liked, uh, the TV show anyway, but if, but they did observe what the show was about. And then they looked at, uh, the normalization of sexual perversion. Um, and they, uh, said, we don't want you kids watching that show. And I remember at the time, of course, I was very aware of who Pee Wee Herman was. All my friends watched him and, um, that I had, I had friends whose parents wouldn't let them watch either. And then I had friends who and their parents poo-pooed the idea. That's absurd. That's not what's going on. That's not what Pee-wee Herman is about. And, you know, I I heard a lot of that. Um, But uh, now that Mr. Herman has passed and we are doing commentary on his life, the New York Times cannot say enough about how Paul Rubens made um, sexual freedom a mainstream in the 80s. In the Mm -hmm. 80s, Paul Rubin through Pee Wee Herman was normalizing sexual perversion. And the New York Times says so. (laughs) So that's interesting to me as a kid looking back and remembering, hey, I remember when my mom's friend berated my parents for believing that. Um, Now look, far be it from me to cite the New York Times as an authority on uh, many things, but I think they got that one right. And I think that anyone who looks back and looks at it, number one, we're going to look back, and we do, we look back today and go, ha ha, well, Pee Wee Herman was pretty tame. Um, you know, m- marrying his fruit salad is not really too crazy by today's standards. Uh, but <laughs> that said, um, we all know what he was saying. The New York mm-hmm. Times knows he was saying. Um, Paul Rubens. It talks about what he was saying. He was saying that you should be able to marry whatever, whomever you want to marry. Um, You had a lot of the characters that were created, and it was kind of a rollicking, free flowing thing. But the idea was to take, and this is, I mean, this is openly discussed, widely discussed now. Was to take a character who kind of looks like the 1960s. That's why he's got the flat top haircut and the suit, um, uh, which is known mm-hmm. f- for, or the, the 50s, really. That's where that era, you know, and you, you have you have conservatives in the 60s who are juxtaposed against the sexual revolution. And yeah. the idea of P.B. Herman was to take the conservative side and twist it, take the conservative side and make it more sexually perverse. That's so that what, saying- what P.B. Herman
2: is are you saying that the new york times is an expert on sexual perversion
1: (laughs) well i think i think we could probably actually agree on that i I think the new york times is an an expert on sexual perversion (laughs) Uh, yes so um what do you think about the elon musk uh lawsuit nathan
2: you know, it's, it's really interesting. Uh, the leftist media has been up in arms ever since uh, you know, it was first announced that Elon might be trying to acquire Twitter, uh, now branded X, um, and uh Isn't so- it
1: interesting that, that, that Zuckerberg can rebrand um, Facebook, and it's wonderful, it's amazing. We're, we're taking over the world. Yep. <laughs> and, and Elon wants to rebrand Twitter, and they're like, what a moron! What a midlife crisis! <laughs>
2: Well, I, I think you know <laughs> Elon was one of the darlings of the the left for for a long time because of uh, Tesla. Uh, until he opened his mouth, exactly. And, until he opened his mouth, and uh, and and <laughs> and not then everyone hate was like, "Oh, not, not, not that hate him,
1: guys. That guy's a little weird." Exactly. <laughs> I um, like him, but he is a little different.
2: Oh, yeah, yeah. And I think there's, there's definitely areas we, where we would disagree with him. But uh, I definitely appreciate his commitment to uh, to free speech. Uh, and that's what this lawsuit is all about. Um, there is a, a leftist group called countering digital or the Center for countering digital hate. Uh, don't you love the, the way that the left uh, names things in a very 1984 fashion. Um, <laughs> And uh, allegedly, uh, the the lawsuit alleges that uh, the Center for Countering Digital Hate illegally used data uh, to scrape for quote unquote, hateful posts um, on on Twitter, and then cherry picked those posts to craft this narrative that that Twitter or X uh, is full of misinformation and hate speech. Uh, So they've been harassing advertisers for for months now, and pressuring them to avoid doing any business with uh, with Elon Musk. Um, Obviously, you know, with a platform like uh, Twitter or X uh, that that relies on advertising revenue uh, to to make money, um, that can be very detrimental. And so uh, X is now suing uh, this, this leftist uh, group for, um, you know, for doing the very thing that they are claimed to be trying to counter and that is uh, hate speech.
1: Well, and the standard by which we judge is what's in question. Um, The question is, is it wrong for a platform to push things like nudity? Even nudity of minors, or nudity targeted at minors. Mm -hmm. This is something that Beta does every day. Meta? Um, Or Meta? Facebook? Yeah. Freudian slip. (laughs) This is something... (laughs) They're very Beta. (laughs) This is something... Uh, you caught me. This is something that Zuckerberg and his outfit do on a daily basis. Um, mm-hmm. It doesn't take long. Now, many people like to point out that if you're seeing sexually explicit things on Instagram, you're probably looking for them. I, I, I'm i sure. I'm sure you do see more. The more you look, the more you yeah. see. I'm sure that's true. But I do not accept the narrative that says you just don't see it at all. I think you, you probably can train your... Um, uh logarithm to filter that out if you want to i have worked on that and i do see less Mm -hmm. but when when that first comes up and you get the um what do they call the reels right on in your facebook feed the first time i ever saw it i'd never seen it before i remember when they first started doing it there Mm -hmm. was an awful lot of twerking and an awful little clothing on shapely good-looking females okay let's just be honest that's what's going on um and everyone actually agrees now you can look at it and say look this is this is an open secret i'm not even sure it's a secret instagram is is giving free reign to to only fans and other similar Mm crowdsourced pornography they are allowing them to openly advertise i've gone and looked and you can it's real easy to advertise you're talking about nude people with nothing more than sheer over their bodies and a strong light behind. So you're backlighting yep. all of it. Okay. Now, what do you think that's advertising? And then you click on it, and there's the link directly to their paid pornography site. Okay. Exactly. Is and not only that, about?
2: Not only that, uh, if you remember, uh, the Wall Street Journal earlier this year, uh, broke a story about how Instagram connects a, a yes. vast network of pedophiles. Um, and these pedophiles are using Instagram to to network and to share um, and, and, and build that community so they can share uh, pedophilia uh, related content. Which is content. actually illegal. Exactly.
1: So... We, you, know, you can have a discussion about should pornography be illegal, to what extent, what is the government's sure. role yep. in all of this. We can have that discussion. That's a very good discussion. I think that it should be more illegal than it is now. Um, but the question here is how is that okay? How is it just fine? And the left wants is consistently supportive mm-hmm. of that kind of perversion, just as they are of full-grown men strip-teasing and twerking for dollar bills in front of children. Yeah, This is what they're doing. Um, And their version of free speech means that that should be okay. But espousing a political position with which they disagree should not. Now they use the covering languages of white supremacy and and supporting uh, a Nazi perspective, et cetera, et cetera. And look, we can have discussions about what should be allowed to be espoused in public. Mm -hmm. That's fine too. But that's not really what they're saying. When uh, the New York Post broke the Hunter Biden story, uh, every social media platform, and Twitter in particular, because we now have all the files, uh, which is why we really hate Elon Musk if we're from the left, right? Um, Mm -hmm. Actively tried to suppress that story out of some version of, well, we need to suppress harmful content. I'm sorry who is that harmful to? That's not harmful to the viewer. And it's not harmful to the American political system. We've all had to admit now, all of the legacy media, now that it doesn't matter, now that Biden is president, we've had to admit that, no, that was all actually true. It wasn't Mm -hmm. Russian collusion. It wasn't Russian interference. It was all for real. And individuals were not allowed to even discuss it, Yeah. right? So there are two things.
2: It's harmful to the uh, to political establishment. And that's why <laughs> it's
1: harmful a, to the <laughs> Biden crime family. They, d- they don't want it out there. So, yes, exactly. And so y- there are two things going on. You mm-hmm. have a large group of people who honestly believe that sexual perversion, what they would call sexual freedom, should be allowed across the board. That if, if, yep. if somebody wants to have an Instagram um, or Facebook or any other... Um, stream or or account i should say you can tell and people are like you're a boomer well I, i'm actually i'm actually an exer the boomers <laughs> are my parents but i know to the kids out there there's not a lot of difference right to my children i, I don't know my children know the difference between me and, and their grandpa i'm, I'm not <laughs> just, I'm still not sure why that's a problem um. but in any case Um, however you want to publish it, whether it's Instagram or Facebook, um, it's clear that there is a large group of people who believe that you should be able to do that naked if you want to. You should be able to promote Mm -hmm. straight up pornography and maybe there should be a paywall, uh, you know, whatever. Maybe there should be limits on children, but not really. I mean, if you can see a naked woman's most private parts um, through a very thin layer of cloth and that's okay, I'm not sure where the line is, right? exactly and they believe that that's okay those people are not i don't believe they are many of them are okay with using uh facebook as a political hammer i think they cringe when Mm -hmm. we start to talk about okay but now you have people who are claiming we're going to use this broad uh freedom of speech that it's okay to talk to promote pornography it's okay to promote leftist ideas and Mm -hmm. we should only limit you know the fringes Um, You know, I I know leftists who would say, well, of course we should limit radical communism, radical tyranny, and radical... Nazism, radical tyranny, you know there's there's a center area here, but pornography is right in the middle of free speech for them. The problem yeah. is number one, they're using the wrong standard and we can talk about that. But the other problem is that it is so easy to manipulate that. So easy mm-hmm. to, to oh well, check it out. look at this. Uh, anything that criticizes the Bidens clearly, that's Nazi white supremacy propaganda. I mean obviously. Yep. Um, and that's, that's the other side. That's what else is going on. Um, that is exactly what mm-hmm. is flowing from that stream. And so until we recognize that, no, it's, freedom of speech is not just whatever you say it is. Mm-hmm. Hate speech or damaging speech, which I think is a more accurate uh, term, you can use your mouth to hurt people. It is possible. Yeah. And we're not just talking about, oh, you said words that I don't like. It is possible to actually deprive people of their lives, liberty Mm -hmm. and property, of their ability to pursue happiness with your mouth. Yeah, libel, for example. Libel, slander, yelling fire in a crowded theater. There's, Mm -hmm. and the left acts like, boy, you know, we really need to figure this out because it's been thousands of years and no one's ever done this. And we're finally, aren't you glad that we're here now? Aren't you glad that us leftists have finally arrived to tell you people how to live like decent human beings? Because everything up till now has just been the dark ages. That's their attitude. That's their open attitude. And it is frankly disgusting.
2: But the reality is that there have been, there is a legal precedent. There are laws uh, regarding libel and slander and, and you know, yes. what is protected under First Amendment f- uh, free speech uh, and what is not. Um, you know, you give the example of, of yelling fire in a, in a crowded uh, theater. Um, you know, that is that is not free, protected under free speech um, no, for, for a very good reason. Neither
1: uh, is inciting violence against someone because of there because of anything really. Uh, Yep. I mean, if if we want to say that it, that, and this is what they're claiming, what is governor Evers claiming? He's claiming that standing on the sidewalk outside and reading the Bible is inciting violence against Mm -hmm. people, homosexual people. Okay. Let's break that down. First of all, reading the Bible from the sidewalk is not inciting violence. I'm sorry. And especially not the verses that Marcus was reading. Go watch the video. If that's inciting violence, then you are not safe to say anything ever, anywhere. Period. Um, Number two, um, it is never right to incite violence or to call for mob violence or any kind of violence Mm -hmm. other than enforcement of the law by uh, lawful authority. Okay,
2: and and that's not violence. I mean, that's not inciting violence. I I guess there is a. There is an act, right. aspect and, of, of force and, and, and violence. And,
1: right. And let's be clear. Violence yeah. is technically defined as using force in an illegitimate fashion. But people yep. are going to claim, and look, there's police violence and police force, and where's the line? Okay, I get it. So we can say force, and that's a legitimate point, Nathan. But the police are going to use force somewhere. Yep. And the reality is we all want them to. Even the yeah. NA, NAACP wants the police to use force to stop uh-huh. crime. They just said so this week. You can check it out at Republic Sentinel. Um, interestingly enough, in a city in California which has defunded the police. So the NAACP has decided oh, hang on. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Maybe this wasn't sure such a good idea. Quite that far. <laughs> we all want the police to use force yeah. to stop evil, okay? mm-hmm. both left and right. The question is how do you define evil? Mm-hmm. Is evil uh, raping children? Is that evil? Is child molestation evil? Eh, eh, you talk to the left. Well, uh, yes, of course, but it doesn't exist. It doesn't happen. No one's doing that. That's their attitude. Yeah. That's their attitude. Don't go watch that movie. That movie's stupid. That's not actually happening. That's their, that's their attitude. Yep. Or is um, depriving people of their life evil? Well, it depends, right? If if mm-hmm. you can see this person and talk to this person, maybe it is. Uh, although if you didn't wear a mask, there's a big chunk of the left that would like to kill you and some of them tried. So there's a limitation there too for the left. If you're not born yet, um, no, they don't care. They, they openly support it. And sure, there are still people who are of a liberal perspective who would agree that abortion is not a good thing. And mm-hmm. there is a growing number, a very large and strong lung number of people who say that it's not only um, something that's a necessity, that it's a good thing. It's a positive. The most loving thing you can do for your baby sometimes is to abort it. That is not Shameful. a parody. That is not a parody. I yeah. uh, you can see them. They're saying it all the time in public. I have stood mm-hmm. in front of them outside the Supreme Court and heard them say things like, "I liked abortion so much that I came back for seconds," and the ch- crowd cheers. Now, what does that mean? Hmm. If we're not talking about just depriving someone of their life and and liberty, um, then what is it? Yeah. So, the pro- it's a standard problem. The the yep. the problem is that. The left believes that everything up to this point has been evil and that um, we need to change all of this. We need to change mm-hmm. the very foundation of morality and what is good and bad and what should be legislated and what should yep. not. And the clever way about of going about that at any time is to say, eh, we don't want to talk about morality at all. It's not about morality, not yep. about morality at all. It's just about um, things like being generally good and being generally bad. And those statements have, they're, they are so absurd as to be nonsensical. That doesn't mean yep. anything. Yep. Good and bad are moral words. That is a, that is a statement of morality. You are substituting exactly. one for another while screening it by saying, oh, no, no, we don't. We just don't want to talk about morality at all.
2: Oh, the ultimate question, as, as always, is by what standard? Yes. Uh, by what standard are we going to define right. good and evil?
1: It will always be that question and the standard, if you do not have uh, a a standard handed down or promulgated by someone with authority, then what value is it? Who, who, what's mm-hmm. the authority is always the question. And yep. you, you have many atheistic moralists, atheistic ethicists who have a very complex system for mm-hmm. coming up with what's the basis of morality and it collapses, it's shocking how fast it collapses. You ask them, where does this come from? Why do you, why is it that three wolves and two sheep voting f- who's for who's for dinner is wrong? Yeah. Well, because the minority should get a voice if they're about to be harmed. Oh really, why? Yeah. Why? Yep. So this is what's going on in the, uh, it's on, on Showcase, in the, on the, in the uh, Musk suit. Elon yep. is suing an outfit for slandering and libeling basically um, and the hook that he appears to be hanging on if I understand the suit correctly is that they illegally obtained information and now they are circulating that to advertisers claiming that uh, Musk is not doing enough to limit the um, the uh, har- what is in some cases I mm-hmm. I, I believe har- legitimately harmful speech. The reality yeah. is that you can look at Twitter and go, no, they they are limiting this. There is an mm-hmm. obvious attempt to do so, as much as should be done in a in a public marketplace. Yep. In, in the same way that everyone, I mean, if you can sue Musk for this, or or you can um, slander him for this, mm-hmm. um, uh, well, there's there's not a city in America that's not open for open for business on that level. Um, have at it.
2: So Elon tweeting out, this is a tweet from last November, uh, shortly over a- after he took over uh, the platform. He says, Twitter has had a massive drop in revenue due to activist groups pressuring advertisers, even though nothing has changed with content moderation. And we did everything we could to appease the activists. Extremely messed up. They're trying to destroy free speech in America. Uh, and, and X released uh, this. Uh, this is from a statement that they released um, after the, the lawsuit was filed. They say free expression and platform safety are not at odds. We are proving this every day through innovative enforcement policies that have helped reduce hateful content viewed on the platform. We have a big responsibility to protect free speech, uh, excuse me, free expression, and we will continue to cooperate with all partners who want to both preserve people's right to freely express themselves and equally work to create a safe and healthy space for everyone. The response from the uh, legacy media, though, was to criticize Musk, um, say that he's a a free speech absolutist, uh, except for when it comes to criticism about his platform. Uh, This is (laughs) this is from AP News. They said, quote, Musk is a self-professed free speech absolutist who has welcomed welcomed back white supremacists and election deniers to the platform, which he then renamed X earlier this month but the billionaire has at times proven sensitive about critical speech directed at him or his companies. You is know,
1: that news reporting or a political mailer?
2: What stood out to me was, was the lumping of election deniers and white supremacists in the same, same sentence there. And billionaires. Don't forget. Yeah. Oh, of course. And, and billionaires.
1: billionaires. It's, that is such a brilliant copy. Look, if, if I could hire it, it, when I can hire people who can put together that many pejoratives in one sentence, yep. um, the, If it's true, that's very valuable in politics. This is what a political mailer is. That's why we Mm -hmm. all hate political mailers. But let's be honest, it does change people's opinion, or at least Mm -hmm. it used to. I think people are becoming more aware of the subliminal messaging that's going on, using billionaire as a pejorative, right? Yeah. Saying that election deniers are the same as white supremacists. And, and even the word election, it's it's such clever marketing. It really oh, it is. is. You have to respect yep. their abilities to do this. What I really love though is that it's 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 becoming less and less and less effective. People are becoming mm-hmm. more and more and more aware of how their emotions are being manipulated through yep. that kind of creative copywriting. The shameful thing is that's not creative copy. That's supposed to be news. Yeah. They are selling that to you as honest reporting. Mhm. <laughs> oh boy. <laughs>
2: And the fact that that you know this is AP News, which is used by a lot of other outlets um, to to take that and republish um, information about stories. Uh, so you know AP News serves as sort of a, a source for all of the other news sites. So uh, the the spin there is. Is mind-boggling and, and I think it like you said Zach it's a good thing that people are starting to wake up because the rhetoric has become so inflamed and, and so extreme and over the top um, people are, are starting to wake up so um, that, that's a good thing I'm grateful for it. Uh, it it is shocking to me that things you know have gotten to this point um, if you'd asked me, Oh, even five years ago, if I thought we would see the the type of rhetoric being used and and see our society in the place it is today within my lifetime, even I probably would have said, "Well, maybe," but you know, not for probably fifteen, twenty, thirty years. Um, and you know, everything that's occurred over the last uh, three to five years has just accelerated yeah, all three. of that.
0: <laughs>
1: yeah. Yep. You look back to I remember March sixteenth, twenty twenty. That's the day that my ski area closed a month early and cut out my spring skiing season, which was what I was offended at in the moment, right? It was like, Okay, whatever, covid, you know. They're exaggerating it, I think. Of course, you know, March sixteenth, did any of us know that? No, not for sure. By April first, I think we kind of knew it, if we were paying attention. Um, but, you know, I, I understand, you know, took a couple weeks to figure out, is this actually Ebola or is it something yeah. else, right? Is it, is it as yep. dangerous as they say or is it not? Um, but I do remember the date very clearly because <laughs> I was offended that my last, that the month of good skiing and we had great snow. We had great snow yep. for the, the whole month um, and it got shut down. But what happened, As and I think this is really where it goes. I, I disagree slightly with one thing that you said, and I'm going to mention it because, of course, that's what makes a good well, show, right? Um, please do. <laughs> the Everything that you said about uh, society changing and you seeing um, laws being, or, or rules, they're not even laws, it's just somebody says you have to do this now, and now the police are making you do it. Um, th- that is what changed I don't mm. think the rhetoric has actually changed that much. CNN was a caricature of news before COVID. It was a caricature of news all the way back, you know, the, the election in 2016, almost yeah. a decade ago now. Yep. Um, that is Well, not quite, but, you know, you're talking about over half of a decade ago. Um, mm-hmm. And so that is... That, that type of rhetoric actually started, and I'm sure that after a while that starts to sink in, but I think what made people go, oh, now wait a minute, is when they started telling you that you couldn't believe what you were seeing. You couldn't, you couldn't yep. make your own decisions. You couldn't think your own thoughts. You couldn't yep. hear what they were reporting. You couldn't go, listen Brandon. to the track. <laughs> right, you couldn't listen to the track and hear them saying yeah. something else, uh, very impolite, unkind, and um, wrong, sinful, about Joe Biden, um that you know f joe biden um but the reporter is saying no 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 they're chanting let's go brandon that was a pivotal crystallizing moment Mm -hmm. if you will um demonstrating what was happening as soon as COVID started you have a you have collusion between people in government and people in legacy media telling you that you can't think for yourself you cannot uh hear what's going on you have to believe us when we tell you this and then you have to do it or we will we will make you hurt. We will use mm-hmm. violence to make you submit. And they tried. Um, the good news, and look, the fight's not over. When I say it's good news, I don't mean, great, we won. No, mm-hmm. I mean, we. if we continue on this path, we might actually win. Yeah. And this is the type of thing, and this is where I agree with you 100%. I didn't think that would happen in my lifetime. I really didn't. I did not think the left would go that far. And I honestly didn't think that people who are just trying to make a living in America today, they're neither left nor right, really, they've got their own opinions, but they're not identifying with Mm -hmm. either party here, would start saying, yeah, that's not right, there's something wrong with that.
2: Well, and I I think to some degree, the the rhetoric has amped up, uh, if you think back during COVID, um, you know, the rhetoric of uh, if you you don't wear a mask, for example, you are are literally killing your grandma, you you know, you should be, um, you should be, I mean, some of these people were even calling for violence uh, against anyone who, who didn't wear a mask or didn't get the vaccine uh, very openly. Uh, and so I think, you know, that that became socially acceptable, uh, to an extent that it hadn't been before.
1: Yes, it did. And I agree um, that that became part of the signature. And I'm not, you know, I couldn't argue to the death that it wasn't the rhetoric, it was the act it was the action that got people's attention. Yeah. But I think that's no, how it started. And now yep. we're sensitive to rhetoric because they actually try to make us do it. As long as they're just talking, mm-hmm. at some level, Americans will say, Look, I've got to get the kids to soccer. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I don't care what they're saying. I've yep. got to cook dinner. I need to go to work. We have to figure out how to f- pay for stuff. Mm-hmm. Um the media can talk all they want. There, yeah. and, and honestly, I understand that perspective. I think it's, I think it's negative. I think that the media does harm
0: mm-hmm.
1: by with their words. I think they are guilty of um, inciting violence. Um, the legacy media is, in some cases, um, but there, are, if, if there's not a policeman outside saying, "Go back in your house, or I'll arrest you," you yeah. can't go to church. You may not go buy groceries. You may not go to work um Mm -hmm. yeah that's where people start saying now wait just a minute um and then we become more sensitive to oh wait a minute they were talking about this is that why Mm -hmm. this happened is this happening because they were saying it should and people start connecting things and going oh okay all right these guys don't actually like us they hate us Mm -hmm. they don't like us and people have become conditioned uh for
2: for many years to just um, you know following along, going w- along with whatever uh, the the civil government said, um, and you know not not thinking for themselves, uh, the the lack of critical thinking in our country had you know has reached epic proportions, um, and and so the fact that you know. There were so few people that started to say, "Wait, something's wrong here. This isn't right." Um, you know, they the things they are claiming are not coming true. The goalposts keep moving, um, and and so it is encouraging that that people you know have have started to see that. Um, it is shocking to me how many people still to this day unquestioning believe unquestioningly believe everything that uh, you know the media or the government it says. Is.
1: Well, their tails haven't been caught in the ringer yet yeah they didn't mind wearing the mask they didn't mind taking the government check and not going to work they kind of some of them unfortunately kind of liked it and there will always be a portion of society who is that way i still think there's a nice a good-sized chunk i shouldn't say nice but good-sized chunk of people who are going to get caught in the ringer eventually Mm -hmm. and are going to figure out oh that's what was up that's what was going on i i don't like that either now, whether mm-hmm. or you know how many and when does that work? I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. I am not saying America is saved. We are, it, there is trouble. Uh, our economy is affecting everyone, and yeah. we are, all of us, everyone is having trouble, more trouble putting food on the table. Okay. That mm-hmm. is a hard reality. Putting gas in the tank, getting to work, earning enough money to live in the world. Um, yep. And, uh, that's that's not I'm, I'm not making light of that in any way but I am saying that more paying attention to what government is actually doing to you is mm-hmm. uh, is, is obviously a good thing and the good news is more people are doing it yep. Um, now it's interesting to see Massachusetts um, introduce one of the most extreme anti-gun bills I believe to be introduced in America or at least to have to have grown any sort of legs. There is always the random leftist who has this vision of a tyrannical utopia and introduces some left-leaning. And you look at it and you go, oh, my goodness. Not even the rest of the caucus is hiding under their desks. (laughs) They don't want to have to go vote on that. (laughs) The village idiot is out again. But that's not what's going on in Massachusetts, apparently. We're Mm -hmm. actually talking about this now. We're actually considering legislation which... um, it so deeply redefines what you can and can't own in Massachusetts as to be um, just draconian. That's and that's a word that probably gets overused. It maybe doesn't mean anything anymore, but it, 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 it It's applicable is, here. <laughs> it's Machiavellian. Yeah. Um, it's shocking just how strict I believe it's uh, H. Well, I have HD in my notes. I'm not sure that's correct. It's probably HB. 4420 is the number. Um, The most interesting thing to me is that the uh, police association is opposing it. Now look, in Mm -hmm. every state in America, if you don't have a local chapter of moms demand insanity, you are going to have uh, Moms Demand Action is what they call themselves. It's the old Bloomberg Mayors Against Guns outfit. They keep rebranding themselves because uh, <laughs> it doesn't work. It's not working, let's, let's yep. call it something else. Um, but if you don't have one of them, if you don't have all the, the ladies in the Karens in the red shirts who are going to berate you for owning a BB gun, um, then you have the local police chief's association. Mm-hmm. And they are the actual power in every state legislature. They are the anti-gun force. Yep. They are the ones who make sure that pro-gun bills die and anti-gun bills pass, and they do it consistently. They do it in Massachusetts. They do it in South Dakota. Um, and that is, that is how it works. Um, yep. How do I know? Well, because I've lobbied in 40 states. I am a gun lobbyist by trade, um, I've, see, I've seen it. I've seen it for 25 years. Mm-hmm. I was shocked to see that the Chiefs of Police Association in Massachusetts is opposing this abomination and mm-hmm. squaring up with the Massachusetts Gun Owners <laughs> Association against it. That means it, it too is far even shockingly <laughs> bad. Yeah, it is shockingly <laughs> bad. That is. And look, they like a certain level of gun control, but I can see what's going on here. They're looking at this and going, we do not have the manpower, or the resources to even come close to enforcing this. Yeah. And this is in Massachusetts. Mm -hmm. where you have a shockingly low uh, gun ownership percentage, I'm sure. I haven't looked at it, but I am fairly sure that there are fewer people that own guns in Massachusetts um, than, uh, say, next door in Pennsylvania um, or almost next door in Pennsylvania. So let's, let's recognize that that this level of draconian Machiavellian gun control is a problem, even for the anti gunners. The only people now who are supporting it are the ideologues, the Karens Mm -hmm. who have no idea what it's going to take. Well, we'll just call in the F 16s. Let's just nuke them because that will bring peace.
2: You know, it uh, interestingly enough, it is actually HD forty four twenty. I just is that, that, that how up. they number their bills? Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. I'm, right. I'm a little surprised. I, I will uh,
1: admit that I have not worked in yeah. Massachusetts. <laughs> that is one of the ten. I, I can't imagine I have why. <laughs> <laughs> well, it would be interesting now. I mean, I would actually kind yeah. of enjoy going to Massachusetts and sc- <laughs> marching shoulder to shoulder with the chiefs of police. It would be. I'd have to go take a shower afterward, but <laughs> and not because I'm anti police. Look, the guys on the street are pro mm-hmm. gun. That's the reality. The shocking thing is that the police chiefs of police and the sheriffs, who haven't been in a patrol car in 20 years for the most part, Mm -hmm. um, show up and support gun control that the rank and file absolutely opposes. In fact, I have worked in states where senior law enforcement, there was one state in which I had a relationship with the man who commanded SWAT in the largest town in the state. He strongly opposed the gun control that his chief and the rest of the chiefs were supporting. He was in the meetings where they decided that the Chiefs of Police Association was going to support this gun control. They didn't have a vote. They didn't even talk to their chiefs of police. It was like five guys who controlled the organization who showed up and said, every chief of police in this state supports this. Well, he showed up and said, that is not true. I Hmm. command SWAT. Here's what's actually up. I actually Hmm. still go on raids. I'm actually still out on the street. They Hmm. fired him. They put him in the basement. They couldn't actually get rid of him because of his tenure. But they put him in the basement for the last two years of his of his career. He sacrificed his career to stand up and say that is not true, and actually stop the bill to his credit. Hmm. But that is what's going on. That is how these police chiefs like the. The Fraternal Order of Police and the Chiefs of Police Association, the Sheriff's Associations, that's how they function. They are a good old boys club. Mm -hmm. And for the most part, and especially the Sheriff's Association, there are a lot of sheriffs who aren't anti-gun. But they have trouble actuating their beliefs and actually making their association toe the line. Mm -hmm. Um, You can look at in the constitutional carry fight. Sheriff's Association is the primary, primary opponent to constitutional carry in every state. And they're still using the worn out trope that, well, we need the revenue from the permits. Yeah. Uh, Anyway, we can (laughs) can talk about that. Diving into
2: the the bill here in Massachusetts, um, the legislation is entitled An Act Modernizing Firearms Laws. Again, very 1984. Oh, my goodness. Uh, It would institute a complete, uh, as they call it, assault weapons ban and outlaw, get this, outlaw even all federally legal tax-stamped automatic firearms, so uh, firearms that, that are legal on a federal level where you have to go and you get a tax stamp to be able to own this uh, automatic weapon, uh, even those would be outlawed in this bill. In addition, it would prohibit any firearms, whether loaded or unloaded, at any government buildings or polling centers, and it would prohibit, prohibit here's the crazy thing to me, yeah, no, any I firearms on the premises of private properties, unless the owner grants
1: explicit permission,
2: Or post-signage allowing the weapon.
1: It's a reverse signage bill. In other words, if it doesn't say you can, you can't. It doesn't matter whether or not. And so, look, respect of private property is a central tenant. So is the private property's owner's responsibility for your safety if he prohibits your ability to defend yourself. So if you walk into um, Walmart and Walmart says you can't carry a gun here and you get shot because you are not carrying a gun, then... You have to admit that Walmart bears some responsibility for that, right? And now what the state is doing is stepping in and saying that every private property owner has to shoulder the responsibility for a uh, f- for a public for public safety, unless they explicitly publish and post that you can defend yourself here. The level of arrogance—it's just disgusting. I can't believe the depth of uh, of of um, depravity that uh, is this uh, Massachusetts bill. Um, it is shocking. Um, the Let's see. The bill also um, mandates safe storage laws, which means that you must render your firearm um, useless, worthless, unusable, um, and uh, uh, we call it safe storage, but what it really is, is just turning your, turning your handgun into a hammer. You might as well keep a baseball bat. <laughs> um, it mandates new training requirements, including cost of written exams and live fire training. What it means is you have to shoot like an Olympian in order to own a firearm. Um, the absurdity that it's going to make people more safe. To place the bar so high that it is impractical to have a firearm, mm-hmm. uh, it, it's patently, it, it's absurd. Mandates mandates registration of all guns and feeding devices. That means magazines or anything else that functions as a, a magazine. Mandates reporting of any modifications or new parts to a gun. Period. So you any buy new a, parts. <laughs> you buy a Keltec and you decide I'm going to smooth the feed ramp on my because Kel-Tecs come notoriously. They they misfire a lot. Yep. So then the problem is that the the part of the gun that feeds rounds into the chamber is rough, and so the round hangs up on it. You get a piece of sandpaper or burnishing paper, and you rub it on there a little bit, and suddenly your gun works. Um, oh, got to register that. Oh, um, you get Andy, you get a new uh, scope
2: for your uh, for your rifle. <laughs>
1: Bans anyone under 21 from acquiring or carrying any semi-automatic, semi-automatic rifle or shotgun. Yeah, yeah, you know what? Because before you're 21, if you might pull the trigger and it fires, and you pull the trigger and it fires again, that's it. It's over. It's over. If you are so, under 21, you will end up shooting up a school. That's just all there is to it. That, that's their perspective. So you can only hunt with a bolt action. Yeah, or a pump. Wow. Bans anyone under 15 taking part in shooting sports and training. So you can't go hunting until you're 15. Wow! Take oh my goodness! I wonder how far that goes. I wonder if I would have to look at the bill to see can you accompany an adult who has a gun?
2: Yeah, no kidding. Places
1: new mandates, protocols, and training requirements on retailers. Oh my goodness!
2: Oh, and this mandates serializing all firearms parts. So every single part on the firearm has to have a serial number. Yeah, including including a stock.
1: That's an outright. Yeah, that's not right, wow. ban on firearms. No no one can do that. You can't do that. No. And I don't know what the no grandfather clause looks like. No manufacturer can keep up with that. Like. Yeah. I don't know what the grandfather clause looks like there, if you're going to have to go back and and do that to existing firearms or not. But if that's the standard for any new gun sold in Massachusetts, it has to have a serial number on the butt plate or the little on swivel the firing on the bottom. Pen? <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, that's that's Imagine trying to serialize a,
2: a firing pen. <laughs>
1: I'm sure it's been done somewhere.
2: Oh, probably. But
1: it makes it prohibitively, no one no one is going to make guns for Massachusetts No, uh, at that level. That's the point. And that's exactly, that's what they're doing. That's what they want. They know exactly what they're doing. Come yep. on. So the National Association for Gun Rights has placed a travel warning for Massachusetts <laughs> and is encouraging residents to move to a different state. Well, uh, yep. <laughs> as a former executive at NAGR, good job, fellas. Uh, I agree. Indeed. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for joining us today. We'll see you next week.